This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 34 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. Today we have a lot to talk about But with me today I have somebody that's very very special to me I met this guy the day Twitter started out And he was practically NBA news for me Because back in the day That's how old I am Yes, back in the day You couldn't go everywhere to find his information So this particular person just kept me up to date all day By the way guys, also He's the host of the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast and he might have the longest intro you have ever heard. Ray Ray, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? So 34, let me get this straight. 34 means I'm either Charles Barkley or Shaq from the Lakers, right? Maybe even Akeem Olajuwon or Ray Allen. Or which, Paul hey, which, hey dude. Vulture, right? so. whichever, one, whichever one you want to be, take your choice. They're all Hall of Famers. So. Not Paul Pierce, though, because he always does everything wrong. So. <laughs> you right about that, <laughs> That's a good one, man. That's a good one. But hey, before we get into it, guys, I appreciate your time if you're coming here for the first time. I appreciate that so much because there could be so many other podcasts you'll be listening to, but you chose mine. So today, Ray and I will be covering a array of topics, more particularly the NBA playoffs. You guys have seen, if unless you're living under a rock, you've seen what the Golden State Warriors have been doing since Kevin Durant been injured. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the Raptors and the Bucks, that thrilling game three, two overtime game. We're going to break that down. And of course, some other things I want to ask Ray about. So with no further ado, let's just get right into it. Ray, you ready for this, bro? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it, man. So what I want to talk about and start with is Steph Curry, man, the Golden State Warriors. (laughs) Tonight, May 20th, Monday, day of this recording, Warriors are going to go start game four. Between between them and the Portland Trailblazers, we already seen what the series is three zero. So Ray, what do you take away? What what do you see? How do you see the series going? Do we have a sweep? Do you think the Blazers gonna win tonight? What do you think? I mean, I want Portland to win just for chaos, right? Like I uh-huh. want the series to go longer, but it's not looking good for Portland, man. Um, Dame Lillard's hurt. He he obviously copped to it, but he's not gonna use that as an excuse. Um. And the thing is, it's like, you, you look at game three really quick. They started, the Warriors started Damian Jones. Like, they're messing around right now. Right. They feel they're that good that they can beat Portland just by a snap of a finger, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it, it's it's a huge... See, Portland's also capable of uh, getting a lead on Golden State. seen it in game two. Right. Game three, I didn't feel like it so much because, again, they started Damian Jones. If they exactly. Like so... I think Portland's capable, whether they're messing around or not. I mean, that's that's on Golden State, really. But it's just not looking good, especially if Lillard's hurt. Mm-hmm. CJ's not shooting well, and they need somebody. They had Myers Leonard in, in Game Three. Uh, Evan Turner's been doing okay, but they need more. They need more. They just need a lot more than that. Right? Does it? But the the thing that makes me wonder, right? Does does this speak more about how great Golden State is, of how lacking the Blazers are playing right now? And by that I mean is, for those of you again, if you're not aware of the statistics, this is what Steph Curry has been averaging, not the total. This is what he's been averaging since Kevin Durant went down in Game Five 
in the second round against the Houston Rockets. He's been averaging 36 points a game, 6.7 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's what Steph has been doing, okay? <laughs> and this, this is what Damian Lillard has been doing since mm-hmm. that Nugget series. He's only averaging 20 points a game, and he's playing five more minutes than he has averaged against the Denver Nuggets. So he's playing 40 minutes a game, and CJ McCollum is averaging 40 as well, and he's only averaging 20. So you might say, hey, you know, both guys are averaging 20. They should be competing, but they're not. So, again, the question is, is it that Golden State is just that good and the Blazers just can't compete with them? Simple answer, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we knew this we knew this in 2016, the summer of 2016 when they got Kevin Durant. Right. We have a surplus of all-stars, and we're not even – we're not even like bringing up Boogie Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. He's he's hurt right now, but it's unfair, and this is why there are a lot of fans just turned off by the NBA. Not that that's not doing bad right now, but mm-hmm. the competitive imbalance right now. The Warriors are already so good with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Now you add Kevin Durant, you add Boogie Cousins, and so it's like, well, that's not fair, <laughs> you know? Right. Absolutely. And, and people forget how good Stephen Curry is because you do people do realize that he's kind of holding a little back just so Kevin can get his. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So now Kevin's not there, and look what Steph's doing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, this is something you know. I I didn't tweet to you much about it, but I tweeted this other guy. I think it was uh, I, I can't even remember the handle right now, and he was saying <laughs> that that uh, Kevin Durant is practically a luxury. And I've heard many people say this. Okay, I yeah, see it a little okay. different because. The way the, the the way the Warriors are constructed, the way Seth Curry described it, it's harder to guard them. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're better. But now, you can be the flip side to this, right? And hear me out. The flip side to that is, all of us have played basketball at one point. I'm sure some of you listening to this podcast, you play basketball at some point. And the ball always moves faster than the players. So that's why it's harder to mm-hmm. guard the Warriors. And the Warriors move the ball at an elite all-time level. And especially when they're clicking the way they are right now. That's why I believe what Seth, Seth said, and he was 100% accurate. But I still believe, even even if Kevin Durant wasn't on this team, we'll still be questioning 50-50 if the Warriors would have won these last two championships, right? And that's been the discussion the past week, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because Kevin Durant is their failsafe, right? Yes. So if they're in trouble, they'll just pass it to Kevin Durant and he'll score like 75 points a game or whatever. Right, right so, exactly. Yeah, so um, without Kevin, they're they're a they're they're moving the ball around, and you know, again, you mentioned that the ball moves moves faster than the players, and Curry and Clay can get theirs. Mm-hmm. With Kevin Durant there, Curry and Clay can just hold back a little bit and let Kevin Durant work one on one. Because let's face it, why don't you want Kevin Durant work, to work one on one against your opponent? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the other thing I I thought about is the fact that you know. I think there's a little bit of misconception of how good Kevin Durant is individually and also on this team. Because remember, at the beginning of the season, Draymond looked hurt. He looked a little overweight. And, you know, they were trying to figure some things out, even after they won the championship. And you remember people were talking about it, right? People were saying, oh, Draymond Green's washed up. Like, he should he should just retire. Like, everything he's done. People were saying crazy stuff like that. But you just come to realize this is a human nature to these guys as well. When you have somebody like Kevin Durant on your team, you don't tend to want to play 100%. Cause you're like, you know what? If things doesn't work out, I just get, we just give him the ball and you make something happen. And I think that's why the Warriors this year fell into that trap a lot. And you notice by their home record. They had the seventh best home record in the NBA. When the past three seasons, they had the best home record in the NBA. You know, and, and well, it's, it spoke volumes to that. 
And it's easy to be complacent when you've won so many championships. Exactly. It's human nature. Look at the Lakers in the past, right? Like, mm-hmm. suddenly Shaq's, Shaq's putting out surgery and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, the Bulls, they got tired at the end of their run. So, it, Indiana almost beat them in the 98 Eastern Finals. Right, um, 98. It's just, yeah, it's just human nature. They're going to get complacent. They're going to get tired. Um, so, we see Draymond Green pull off Robert Ory. <laughs> like, it, like, I'll use the regular season to warm up. And then once I get to the playoffs, I'll be fine. I'll be 100. percent I'll be ready to go. And look what he's doing in the Blazers right now. Right. You know. You know. We we talked. We I feel like we talked enough about that Warriors and what's going on there. I think we went off a bit, but it's something for our listeners to understand. That this is very important for you to get. Like the Warriors are really good. They're absolutely great. <laughs> but for me, I believe, and I tweeted about this yesterday, and I yeah. said that the Warriors can beat any discs Warriors team constructed right now without Kevin Durant. They can beat any team in the NBA playoff series. But in the NBA finals, they're going to need Kevin Durant. And I said this multiple times and people call me crazy. With that, I'm saying is, guys, you shouldn't worry about whether they're going to lose against the Blazers. Because most likely, it's going to end tonight on May 20th, 2019. That's what I believe. What do you think, Ray? You think it's going to end too? Maybe a game five, gentleman sweep? Nah, I think it ends here. And again, I mentioned Lillard being hurt and CJ not being as good as he was in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, they need be- they need the best sporting cast. And I I saw the stats because this is a stats and podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So the Blazers are averaging thirty three points in the peak in this series, which is le- which is minus sixteen in the regular season. So they're Whoa. not getting they're not getting the paint. They're they're flinging a lot more threes this time around. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know they need they need a balance in that offense, and right now they're not getting it. And I'll say this though, like again, they're capable of beating the Warriors because they've built big leads before. But the third quarter has been hell for Portland. Game two, they lost thirty nine twenty four. Game three, they lost twenty nine thirteen. So they have to stop them in the third quarter somehow, some way. Then they might have a chance. Absolutely. And you, you're completely right about that. And it's almost and it's almost as if the Blazers are expecting the Warriors to just go on this third quarter crazy rant. And that's something the the, the Warriors have been doing the past, what, four years? Five years in the third <laughs> quarter? They've been demolishing everybody. And for the first time ever that I've been watching NBA, every time I watch the Warriors play and the third quarter come around, I'm saying to myself, mm-hmm. you know what? No beat, No lead is ever big for them. Because I remember watching one specific game in the regular season. They were down 26 at halftime to the Boston Celtics. This was before the yeah. Boston Celtics were what they were just now. Or yeah. now, rather. And the Warriors went literally on a 35-1 and run in eight minutes. And the game, <laughs> and they, they end up winning the game. So that, to me, just turned on a light bulb. Like, wow, this team is really great. And the, the one thing I believe that Portland can do, even though I believe it's going to end tonight rather I think Portland need to do a better job with the double teams that come for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum I don't know how you feel that Ray because I've seen the first three games these guys they look clueless after they get double team they don't know what to do I wouldn't say clueless because they've seen double teams their their entire careers but but the Warriors are so aggressive Draymond Green is one of the best defensive players this this generation basically Mm -hmm. um and they just need they just need more help from the others. If CJ can get it done and they can get it done, they need more help from Myers Leonard and Evan Turner and Zach Collins and Ennis Kanner, uh, Rodney Hood, who hasn't been as visible this series as he was against Denver. Right. So they need all the help they can get. And if they can get those guys going, 
then it'll it'll help CJ and Dane get going because by then they'll have to they'll have to respect all the other Blazer players. So once they get that going, then it'll be it'll just be what's that word I'm looking for? Contagious. Yes. Yes, and, and you're absolutely correct, and that's what the Warriors do really well. You know, once mm-hmm. once the leader of the team, which is Draymond or Steph, whichever you want to call the leader, once they get going, everybody follows, and that's what the Blazers need right now. But yet, like I said, I think it's going to end tonight. <laughs> so yeah, that- me, me too. Unfortunately, yeah, I think it's going to end today. And you know, if, I mean, if I were the Warriors, I would not play around with this because. We've seen them blow leads before. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we have. And people forget that Andre Iguodala had an MRI yesterday. Or was it today? And uh, you don't want to risk more injuries. Again, hint, Kevin Durant. What happened in game five? Okay, then. Yeah. The Warriors don't want Put that to happen. And especially how Put thin they away. are. Right? Exactly. So this is what I expect to happen tonight. So, Ray, I want to move move on to the Raptors and the Bucks series. That mm-hmm. series is very particular to me because... I've heard many people also say that Giannis is the best player in the NBA currently. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm not going to give him that crown yet. And last night uh-huh. kind of proved my theory, at least for one game. He had a uh-huh. terrible he had a terrible box score according to this era now. Because I remember back in the day, Ray, I know we're old enough to remember. If you had 12 <laughs> points, if you had 12 points, 23 rebounds and 7 assists, you practically had a great game. Right? Yeah. But... Giannis was fouled out in game three. If those of you who haven't watched the game, he fouled out in game three. 23 rebounds. They went to double overtime. And Kawhi almost went super scion on almost one leg. But with that, it took a lot from the Raptors because it took most everybody to play well for them to go to double overtime, for Giannis to have one of his worst shooting games in the playoffs in order for them to win by three points. So what do you think that says, Ray, about the Raptors moving forward in this series. Well, you said it. They need, they need everybody. They need everybody. Um, Kawhi at 36. Pascal Siakam at 25 points, 11 boards. Norman Powell, who played well in game two, mm-hmm. uh, got more minutes in game three, scored 19 points. He fouled out too. I mentioned that would, that would be big. If you right. overtime, right? Uh, Mark Gasol woke up for this game. 16, 12, and 7, plus five blocks. Mm-hmm. He only had six in game one, two in game two. Uh, Lowry was not as big of a factor, but he's always their emotional leader, and he'll he'll give up his body for this game. So we know what Lowry does. Mm-hmm. Um, simply put, for the Bucks to win this game, Giannis has to be better. Simple as that. But it's tough when you're going against Kawhi Leonard because they made that adjustment in game three where Kawhi took on Giannis, and... Giannis was one for nine against Kawhi Leonard. Yes, he was. Three. Yes, so, he was. So he has to find a way to uh, get a switch or, you know, just do better against them somehow. Um, one other note for Milwaukee, Malcolm Brogdon, they, they, they were like all the lucky stars he's back because he's been their most consistent player. And he's mm-hmm. been this entire season. Yep. So, yeah, George Hill, 24 points also. Been yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> you mentioned George Hill, Ray, and it makes me wonder, right? What was going on in Cleveland last year in the NBA Finals? Because George Hill <laughs> is playing out of his mind. Rodney Hood has been playing out of his mind. But what? it makes you wonder. I know it has nothing to do with this series, but it just makes you wonder how scenarios and scenes can change for players and how the games are up to wherever they are. So it's just crazy to me how George Hill has just been balling right now from Milwaukee. But that also speaks volumes to what you said earlier. 
when mm-hmm. your leader leads, they become contagious, right? Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is what's happening in Milwaukee right now. And there's something else I want to touch on with that with that series. We've noticed that um, in game was it game one or I think it was game one, where mm-hmm. the Raptors played the near perfect game. Kawhi um, Kawhi had 32, and I think Kyle Lowry had 34. I think they had a total a total of a 66 point scored. You know, the bench was playing really well and they still end up losing the game. So the question for me is, right, are the Bucks are the Bucks destined to make it to the NBA finals or, or do we have a series now that is two one? Because I believe that the Raptors have to do too many good things in order to beat this team. Because the Bucks are really well tuned right now. I mean, there's no accident they got the best record in the league, right? Right. Um, yeah, Milwaukee's just a deeper team. They just have more, they just have a deeper bench, uh, compared to the Raptors. And, you know, people are wondering how the hell Powell did so well, right? I mean, right. that's how deep we're talking Milwaukee is. Um, we mentioned George Hill, we mentioned Brogdon. Brooke Lopez in game one was nearly invincible. Exactly. Right? So, he practically yeah. won them game one. Yeah, and then we, we still have Chris Middleton. Um, that, that's, that's a deep team right there in Milwaukee. And, um, with Toronto, I feel like they ran out of legs in game one because mm-hmm. uh, they had such an emotional victory against uh, Philadelphia and an all-timer. Um, and they were, they had what? They didn't score in the last three minutes, 30 seconds. Bucks went on a 10-0 run. So I feel like they just ran out of legs. Bucks also out-rebounded them by 14 in game one also. So um, you're right. There has to be so many things that have to go well for the Raptors for them to win this series. Is right. it possible? Yeah. But... Again, we're asking for a lot here. The, the Raptors are definitely the underdog in the series. Yeah, and, and, and we all, this podcast is all about the numbers and how we break them down and the probability of that happening. You guys, if you want to know any team that's taken, any team, this is the statistic, any team that's taken a 2-0 lead that has home court advantage has gone on to one that, win that series 83% of the time. So that's the probabilities that the Raptors are working with right now. And on top of that, something that I mentioned that we glo- glossed over rather is Kawhi did hurt his thigh. In game three. Mm-hmm. So how is that mm-hmm. going to affect him moving forward? Because we saw he was visibly limping in game three. And it was a heroic performance. But how is that going to affect him game three? I mean, game four and game five. And a potential well, game six. Well, it was brought up that whenever Kawhi is just relaxing or just walking, he's limping. But when if he has to make a play, mm-hmm. he'll be all right. So as of right now, it'll be a non-factor. But it's, it is definitely something to watch. We'll see what happens in game four. Right, so what prediction do you have for Game Four? Since that going to be on Tuesday night, so when's that going? What do you think going to happen? I think I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to come together and win that game easily. Actually, I think they're going to win by ten plus. So, um, before the series started, I uh-huh. went with the familiar mantra: Bucks and six. Ha uh-huh. ha. So I'm going to say Toronto tied the series, and then Milwaukee gets the only point in Game Five, then they win it in six. Okay. Okay. Well, there you have yeah. it, guys. That's the prediction between Ray and I think I think uh, this is going to end in five, actually. So, don't don't go for go to me for lottery numbers. Do not go to me for lottery numbers. <laughs> we we absolutely we don't we don't want to do that. But Ray, let's just stick with the basketball theme because this mm-hmm. is what it is about, mm-hmm. man. And I'm I, I don't I'm not sure about you, but and I'm not sure about you listeners, but I've seen and I've heard that Magic Johnson ESPN first take interview. And there was a lot of bombs dropped in there. And that's something I want to talk about. Because the one thing that stuck out to me the most, Ray. I don't know, man. He used the word backstabbing. Rob Palenka. And 
I was looking at this and I'm saying to myself, wow, was it really that bad? Was Rob really that bad? Could he be that bad? Talk to me, Ray. You in SoCal, man. You might know something I don't. Talk to me. Um, nobody looks good here. Nobody looks good here. I don't know what the end game is here for Magic, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. everyone pretty much knows that he was going to do this kind of part-time because he already has his businesses going on. Mm-hmm. Palenka knows this too, so I don't know why he would say these things, right? Right. Like, he knows this. But again, what does this what does this look? How does the, how does the Lakers look like, look like now? Because now it's like, oh, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the front office. Oh yeah, Rob Palenka's a backstabber. Mm-hmm. Like, what does what good does that do, honestly? Right. And I it... love Magic. I love Magic, but what good does that do? And by the way, Magic is Rob's boss. <laughs> right, and and you know, like you said, you know, what's crazier to me, right? What's crazier to me? It, it speaks about, it speaks volumes about how, on a human level, right? It doesn't matter what, how, how much money you yeah. make and what industry you are. You always, when you quit your job, a lot of times it has to do with your coworkers. And clearly, Magic, <laughs> clearly by the interview, he was like, "Look, I can't deal with this guy, Rob Palenka, because clearly he's talking about me. He's saying things about me behind my back." However it might be And yes Magic coming out today Monday It's not a coincidence That he did it today actually Because he no, knew no. Frank Vogel by the way Was supposed <laughs> to have an interview To introduce him as the Lakers coach And Rob would have to Answer questions Guys again This recording is on May 20, 2019 Monday Okay So This is when Half of the questions In the interview To introduce Frank Vogel As the Lakers coach Half of them was about Magic Johnson And Rob Palenka and it uh, just didn't look good at all. And I'm with you, Ray. It just didn't look good. And Magic talked about not just Rob, but he also talked about how the Lakers looked and are unorganized. Because he talked about how many people's voices were in Jeannie's ear, how many people were telling her decisions she needed to make. But in a sense, it also speaks volumes about how Magic was doing his job. What do you think, Ray? Because I, 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 I don't understand anymore what, what went on. The interview was great and all, but I don't know, like you said, what was the purpose for Magic to yeah. do this? I mean, first of all, Magic is in charge of basketball operations there, right? Mm-hmm. So, no matter what, it's like, he can't really defer to Genie. It's like, hey, should I, put up this, should I pick up this free agent? And it's like, but he has a final call to this. Right. Pretty much. And all these, all these basketball decisions, when they picked up JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo, that's all, all his final call. So I don't understand all of this. And the thing is, it's like, oh, he quit. He quit being the best, uh, the president of basketball operations because um, he wants to tweet and he wants to sh- exchange pleasantries with everybody. Like, so why did he take the job? I don't know. Analytics, maybe? Because he enjoyed Twitter analytics? Yeah, but I mean. Come on, dude. It's like he knew what he was getting into when he got the job. It's like, okay, absolutely. He can't exactly. He can't exactly change pleasantries to the players. He can't. He can't tamper. Like he did that many, many times in his in his tenure. So I I really don't understand. I just understand everything here. And you know the funny thing is there as much as term, there's so much turmoil in the Lakers front office right now. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if they still get a big free agent. Right, just because it's Los Angeles. <laughs> it's Los Angeles. That's simple as that. Right. You can laugh at them now, 
And the funny thing is that, oh my god, this is worse than New York. No, New York is still worse because New York has still, uh, New York has been awful as far as long as we can remember. Yep. So, yep. and no one really wants to go there. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 it's, it's fine. Again, all I wanted to mention was that I, I, I saw somebody bring this up. I think it was Nick Wright or somebody. I can't remember who it was. He was like, oh, the Lakers have as many losses as the Knicks do the last six years. I'm like, yeah, sure, but people still want to come to L.A. anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, Le- LeBron still came. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that, yeah. that that's that's the trump card right there. Okay, okay, Lakers are that bad, but LeBron still came anyway. So yeah. what's your point, you know? And, you know, and, 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 go ahead. And also, let's let's not forget, look at the rosters right now between the Knicks and the Lakers. Yes. Which roster would you rather join? Yeah, that answers the question, because I don't even know who's on the Knicks right now, to be honest. <laughs> but you know Frank Nicolina? Oh, I can't even say his name. Nicolina? Right. Like, I don't even know who's on the Knicks right now. now too. It's like, oh my goodness. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and, you know, just to, just to wrap this thing around again, right? To go back to the interview on first take, Magic also said something that was quite interesting because I feel as as honest as he was with giving his answers because that's I, I tend to kind of read people's body language and how to answer questions. I feel like he was very honest about what he was saying. But I also believe that he kind of had a small agenda for himself. Why do I say that? Because he was saying, yeah, I do have this basketball operation position, but at the same time I felt like um, I didn't have the last say. I'm like, Magic, but you're a smart businessman. If you knew, if you walked in that room in the interview, right, and you kind of felt you didn't have that power, why would you even take the job? Like you said, right? Why would you do that? You know what I mean? He has the final say. I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, there's a reason why Genie put him there as president of basketball operations. So he can take care of the basketball side. So Genie can take care of the business side, which Genie isn't even doing right now. But, right. <laughs> But it's all Magic's final call. It's like, hey, guess what? I got a good trade. I'm going to go ahead and get this first round pick. And Jill will just be like, okay. Mm-hmm. I Whatever. mean, look, you know, to, to, to give him some credit, though, he did make some good drafts. He did get some good picks. You know, we got Kyle Kuzma. Uh, they got Lonzo Ball. You know, so it, it's they got some good picks out of there. But this speak volumes again to many people. And this is for, for you as well, my listeners. You got to understand. Not because... You aspire to get to a certain position and you want something means you're capable of doing the job fully and to its utmost potential. As great as Magic is as a businessman and as great of a basketball player that he was until he took that position. And by the way, Jeannie Buss admitted that she created that position because it didn't even exist just because she wanted Magic Johnson to have it. So that's another issue for me. Then then make him part owner again or something? I don't know. Like if you want him involved, then yeah. Make him like an ambassador or two percent owner or something, and you know when you recruit free agents, which is which is still gonna do, then do that. But he made that situation worse by saying, "Oh yeah, hey, Rob Pulitzer snakes." Right, you know, so. right, and and you know one one last thing, one last thing about this. I, I also believe that Magic did fall into that trap. As much as I am a big analytics guy and a numbers guy and a stats guy, sometimes you gotta combine the statistics with a little bit of logic. Guys, remind yeah. you, I'm, I, I have to remind you, the Milwaukee Bucks, the team they built right now, was almost all based on analytics. And they have admitted to done this. They have articles written about this. They built their team almost based by the numbers. 
sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And Magic did say this during a summer league game. If you guys don't remember on ESPN, he talked about how he was looking at the numbers to build a team that LeBron wanted. And I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at the roster and I'm saying, wait a minute. So you thought LeBron coming from Cleveland where he had all these shooters, which is just logical thinking. LeBron plays best when he's surrounded with a bunch of shooters. Now you come to LA and you have a bunch of guys that can't shoot the ball consistently from the three-point line. Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, etc., etc. So where where was my Magic's logic there? So sometimes I believe analytics can skew your thinking a bit. I'm not even sure if analytics. I think he was just like looking for this might be okay. He's a veteran. He's been there before. So right. Let's put him here. I, I don't even know if he uses analytics for that one. Honestly, right. right. He was looking for he was looking for veteran leadership, and well, I mean, he got he got some questionable ones. Not to take away their basketball skill, but man, Rondo has some history. Lance has some history. Javale has some history. Even KCP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on, come on, guys. Yep. Do better. And you know, and and in no, and I believe in no era that team would have ever won any type of championship. And that's actually the goal in LA. You live, you've you've been there your entire life, Ray. You know how it is. <laughs> the Lakers is championship or bust. And we, and we as the fan, I'm just gonna put my fan hat on for a bit. We as the fan of the Lakers, that's all we care about. We don't care how many tickets we sell. We don't care how many jerseys you have. All we care about is the banners. And that team to me was never gonna bring any type of banner home. So we need to reevaluate what we're gonna do. But it starts in the top. Yeah, well, I think that's the reason why they're only signed for one-year deals, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Pretty much. And, Ray, mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. man. You know, as much basketball talk that we have, something that I mentioned when I introduced you, and I and I know the listeners are going to enjoy this. I've looked at my actual analytics, actually. Quite funny. Because uh, every week uh, I looked at on my podcast, I mean, the listeners I have, just to keep myself afloat to see what's going on. And I noticed a lot of my listeners are between the ages of 24 and 35, right? So I know they're old enough to understand this. When Twitter started, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> you and a few other people was just the basketball news. Because Twitter back in the day was all about, hey, what did I eat today? Or, hey, what's going mm-hmm. on at school today? And yeah. basketball news was very scarce. Unless you went to NBA.com or ESPN.com, you won't find any basketball news. And you and many other people were fundamental to bringing that to twitter so just talk about that a bit man how do you really got into that like that on twitter so the funny thing is that, like this was 2008 uh-huh. um see for people that don't know i used to be to um i used to go to anime conventions and i was all about anime back in the day mm-hmm. and uh an old anime friend invited me to go on twitter and i'm like okay so i guess it's a new the new thing, like Live Journal and MySpace on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do this, right? No idea what to do. I'm just there. I'm just chilling there with my old, with my old screen name. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Like, this is just, this is just junk, right? Mm-hmm. And then, out of nowhere, uh, I saw Slam Magazine on Twitter. And I was like, okay, well, I'll tweet Slam, see what's up. And then we started tweeting back and forth, right? Me and Slam, me and Slam online. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ryan Nelson. Shout out to Ryan Nelson. Um, and then through Slam, I met other basketball people like Zach Harper and Jared Wade and Matt Moore and all right. those guys. Zach Lowe, mm-hmm. right? I know he's on ESPN now. Shout out to Zach Lowe. Yes, sir. Um, so 
in the meantime, people were just like, hey, so you know your basketball, so why don't you start a, a basketball site? I'm like, okay, sure. I don't know anything. Whatever. I'll just start it. I just do so, it anyway. <laughs> so I started I started NoloCast on December 2008. And from there, it just kind of snowballed. It's like suddenly, like, I'm getting readers and I'm getting tweets from people. And it was weird because when I started uh, NBA Twitter, or, or when I started Twitter, the, the 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 bulk of NBA Twitter back then was Blazers fans and Suns fans, and we used to joke all the time, man, if a Blazers Suns game comes on, Twitter's gonna 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 be, uh, we're gonna break Twitter. Right, <laughs> right, bad. right. So it's a it was a really really different time back then. And as it went on, like we, the first NBA player to tweet me was Charlie Villanueva, who, by the way. Get, got caught tweeting at halftime, I believe, right? Right, right, right. He did. I remember that. <laughs> but, he was the first, but he was the first player to tweet, which is funny. And then Shaq got Twitter, and then all these players got Twitter, and, 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 it, and it exploded right there. And the NBA embraced it, and there's a lot more people starting NBA sites, and most of them eventually got picked up by either SB Nation or ESPN or, you know, fan side of everybody. You know, me too. I got picked up by Lakers Nation. Mm-hmm. I got picked up by, you know, all these other sites. So, it, it's just, it, it was just like a revolution in 2008, basically, 2009. And by the time the first Lakers title was acquired in 2009, there were so many more Lakers fans that I saw. So, right. yeah, it, it just it just grew and grew over the last decade. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I absolutely appreciated, you know, that that growth because, like you said, when when Twitter first started, I'm like, hey, what is this mess, man? I'll go back to Facebook and MySpace. I don't need this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, like, yeah. We, we didn't quite understand the impact it would obviously have now but like you said you know sometimes i find myself not even going on websites i go i say hey i need to find out some news i go on twitter now that's crazy that's how much it progressed the last 10 years and you know and and i find it amazing how people's careers have changed your career has changed you know the people that you meet you know even my podcast you were one of the people for listeners if you don't know this ray was one of the guys that really pushed me into you know tried to do this whole thing he gave me advice and things i need to work on you know and 30, the 34th episode. That's how crazy this is. That, that's how far I am right now. And Ray, how many episodes do you have? I think you have like, what, 100 and something? 200 and something? <laughs> okay, so my old podcast from way back in the Nola cast is like 175. Right. And then I stopped at 107 with Ray Ray's Fundamental, which I'll resume this summer. So mm-hmm. all, like 282 episodes of my of, of podcasts for me. Right, and I've been doing it for a decade now because back then there were there weren't any podcasts either. I started early myself, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, it was a good way to um, talk to people, stuff like that. Obviously, it's a, it was a whole new medium back then, and and you mentioned it now. It's uh, we don't really go to sites as much. We go to Twitter instead for news because it's quicker, it's easier, it's concise, mm-hmm. and everybody's there. You know, so sometimes you don't even need a site anymore. Just go on Twitter and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a game changer, man. Like, sometimes I don't even watch the shows on TV anymore. Literally. Literally, <laughs> I think the last time... I'm I'm not even kidding, dude. The last time I actually watched a full, like, sports show even was actually actually today. When I watched um, ESPN First Take. Just because Magic was on there. But because right. it's so fast. Everything gets on Twitter so fast. And even these big corporations are using twitter to communicate to their fans communicate to everybody so i find it amazing right how i met you on twitter through the news <laughs> that you started with many other people and now look what it is so almost you can say you're like you're the pioneer almost 
of this whole thing. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, I'm calling you old now. That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pioneer is way too generous for anything. And I said, don't listen to me. And don't listen to me for lottery numbers either. But I'm just saying though that yeah, it's made the world smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made it easier to communicate. Like because back then, when you want to communicate with celebrities or whatever, or basketball players, pro athletes. You have to write a letter or something, and then you have to make an email hoping it gets to them. Right now, you can just tweet them, and there's a chance they'll respond back to you. Absolutely, so it's a lot easier now than it was even ten years ago. Yep, you know, and, and and it's just amazing, man. And that's how I got many people on my podcast. You know, just just shoot them a tweet, even went to the DM like, hey, you know, I like to have in my podcast. Like, sure, let's do it. Yeah. And it's yeah, just an amazing exactly. thing, man. And, and that's how it works now. But Ray, man, thank, thank you. I appreciate that story, man. It was absolutely amazing, you know, to just, just spend this time with you, talk about, you know, the, these Eastern Conference, Western Conference series. And hopefully we can do it again sometime, man. Yeah, just just give me a call. Just not around 4 a.m., though. That's probably terrible. But yeah, <laughs> give, me, give me a text and we'll do it again soon if you want. Yes, sir. Man. Hey, and I'll give you a couple seconds to throw out your social media information out there because I know the people want to follow you. So what it is, Ray? They're your time. They don't, want, they don't want to follow me. Follow me on Twitter at uh, the No Look Pass. Um, watch out for the No Look Pass.com in the summer. I'll have some WNBA coverage hopefully soon. Uh, if you like Instagram, you like pictures of dogs and basketball and video games and little kids, think Ray Ray on Instagram. Uh, that's all I got. There you go, man. Hey, Ray. Thank you so much. And we'll see you another time. Thank you, sir. Ah, that was Ray Ray, handle at the No Look Pass on Twitter. Thank you once again for tuning in. I appreciate all the support that you guys have given us. I enjoyed that episode so much. I hope you gain a lot of insight. Before I let you guys go, you already know what to do. Hit that subscribe button and we'll see you on episode number 35. But for right now, Statman signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.